TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week's episode is brought to you by Cave Camp, an amazing weekend of education, information, and connection with your tribe. For more details, go to www.drbretthill.com forward slash shop. And so this week on That Paleo Show, we're joined by a Whole Foods blogger, a mum of three kids who's passionate about connecting real people with the real food message. Nothing fancy, no frills, just the information and inspiration people need to make lasting change. Sounds like it's right up my alley. So welcome to the show, Lisa Kordoff. Thank you, Brett. Thanks for having me. No worries. Have I pronounced your name right? You sure have. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, Lisa, this looks amazing. As I said, it sounds like we're on the exact same wavelength here, so I'm really looking forward to having a chat today. Uh, But to start with, let's talk about how your journey began. Uh, How did your journey towards Whole Foods begin? Was it before you had kids or after you had kids? It was after I had kids. Uh, very much. So um, often seems to be the case, doesn't it? It or like for so many people who I speak to, there's there's either a health crisis for them, or they have kids and go, oh, "What do I feed them?" Or yeah. <laughs> their kids start having issues, right? Like, why are they reacting to this? And suddenly, our attention turns to food. So mine was kind of, you know, I had this perfect little baby boy and um, I was lucky enough to be able to breastfeed him and then it came time to feed him and I'm just doing the purees and you know just following Annabelle Carmel and the normal sort of path and then I thought I don't actually know what healthy is. Uh, There seems to be all these different messages coming about. He's five and so it was around that time that there was just this kind of awakening going on. And my sister had recently seen a naturopath and the naturopath was like, maybe you should not have that one scoop of low fat vanilla ice cream. That was just her little thing that she'd have after dinner. And let's just see what happens um, to your anxiety. (laughs) Anyway, she would always wake up at nighttime between two and three and just wake up in the morning and just have her heart pumping. And as soon as she stopped that ice cream, that stopped, wow. like literally overnight. And so suddenly my sister and I, who had a very normal 80s and 90s upbringing, you know, we both worked at Macca's, I worked at Wendy's too for a while, you know, Mega Chop Shakes and the works. And, um, and you know, we had a mum that worked uh, from you know, I guess when we were in primary school, she went back to working and it was the age of convenience, right? Like all power to her. We would have our banana cakes were made from a packet mix and, (laughs) you know, it'd be Canton on a Thursday night when we all had tennis practice. And, but I did see mum, she did actually cook. It was just that she was just using some cool new stuff that made her life easier. But when that happened to my sister and when I had my son, I was sort of my awareness was raised. And so I went on a little mission to learn more about, about food. And, um, you know, I, I, got one, I got a scholarship actually to, from Sarah Wilson to um, study at the Institute for Integrated Nutrition, which, you know, makes some people health coaches. But mm. for me, it just really made me really freaking confused because one minute, one week, I was learning that, you know, we all have to go Atkins 
And then the next week it was vegan and then suddenly this food was out and this food was out and you can't have this and you can't have – and I was just going mental. For someone really fresh and new to the world of, I guess, maybe the power of food, it was quite overwhelming. So what I decided to do to save myself and my marriage, because my husband's like, you're a freak, what's going on here? Um, I just wanted to do the right thing, and I wanted someone to tell me what to eat. I just wanted there to be rules, and I quickly worked out there was no rules. Um, And so I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to try and get the best quality and the most basic ingredients that I can find and learn how to cook with them. I just I thought whole foods made sense to me. It didn't put anything off the table. It just made it about quality and making you know tweaking things that I already did, you know, even just from margarine to butter. And what I've discovered as I've shared the journey of our family moving towards whole foods is that a lot of people uh, also just need a starting point. They need um, sometimes these big overarching like even even paleo is a really big leap for people who don't have to go there for health reasons or you know we have so much resistance to change we have so much resistance to um you know habits that are just ingrained you know stepping outside of the norm and so i thought i just need i would really love to help people who are who are starting out on this journey who've realized they probably need to be making a few changes but they don't want it to be too overwhelming and they just need to get a few balls rolling uh that was really the start of me creating a business out of um my little blog i i put together a program um i ran a free 21 day whole foods challenge and i had 500 people sign up to it and it was awesome because it was literally just one thing every day we focused on a meal a week for three weeks, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and just new ideas, really super simple, and people really resonated with that. So I turned it into a program called Small Steps to Whole Foods, and, you know, I still don't have the perfect diet. Like, I don't know if anyone does, but no. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just really like being on the path, um, doing the best I can with the time that I've got and, and with my budget. Nice. So I love the fact that one of the things you spoke about in terms of what your mum was doing was about convenience. Uh, And because I think you're right, a a lot of that in the early days of sort of these processed packaged foods was we were just taught, well, it's more convenient. It's an easier way to do things. It's a simpler way to do things. And and everyone just kind of assumed that, you know, if it's being sold at the supermarkets, that it must be okay because they wouldn't sell anything that was going to make us sick, right? So it must be all right. Therefore, it's just a convenient way to get healthy, you know, not necessarily just to get food into us. Um, but but obviously we've since realised the the health effects of doing that and taking that kind of easy way out. But one of the beautiful things I think about doing whole foods is that it can be really simple and it can be really convenient. Is, is that your experience? Yes. And Pete, I run webinars all the time and I'm always engaging with my community because, okay, so there's two things I think to answer this. Number one is that if you want to eat proper food, it will require a bit of effort. It's not driving through a drive through And even although people are like, um, it takes the same amount of time to go through a drive through than to, you know, whip up a stir-fry, yes, but the stir-fry does require a little bit more effort. Yeah. And I think that what has to change is a, um, is a, a recognition of the value of that 
that it's not just a waste of time uh, to sit there chopping in your kitchen. It is actually a really super important job and all societies throughout time have had to make their own food. We're the only ones who can kind of go and get it on demand and to have this expectation that food preparation should be quick and easy all the time is kind of false. In saying that, it is totally false that chucking some marinade on some chicken drumsticks, putting them in the oven along with some sweet potato chips um, is going, and then chopping up a carrot and a cucumber is really stressful and not achievable for people is, is a lie too. But yeah. I think from my generation, I think you've got young kids, so I think we're probably the same yeah. generation. Um, but uh, it's, it is that relearning some of the basics. So, for example, in small steps, I show people how to roast a chicken because yeah. I think that stuff has kind of been forgotten while we can go to a supermarket and just grab one in a plastic bag and take it home. And it's got to be, a roast has to be the simplest meal around to make. You just cut some stuff up, throw it in the oven, and then it comes out cooked. But it's, it's sad, but it's true that we just have to relearn some of these basics. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm probably the best example of that, Lisa. You know, over the last couple of years, um, being now a single dad and, and cooking for my kids and, and learning how to do that, like I've always been someone who's just eaten very, very simply and been so happy just to eat simply. And it would just be some meat, as you said, maybe some sweet potato chips and some broccoli and I'm as happy as. And, and to a large degree, that's what I do with my kids. It's very simple stuff. Uh, but also, you know, I'm starting to feel a bit sorry for my kids, so I am branching out and learning how to cook some more stuff. But, you know, I can remember learning how to cook a roast, and I did the roast, and I put it in the oven, and then I was like, oh, what else do I need to do? And I was kind of like, oh, that's it, right? Like, I just cut the bits up, and I put it in the oven, and then I waited for it. And then when it was done, I took it out, and it was done, and I was like, that's it? Like, that's a roast? Like, I, I kind of grew up with this big deal about like a Sunday roast. It was like this thing that we did and it was a big deal. And I was like, roasts are really easy. You're like, yeah, I have to plan yeah. a bit in advance. Like I put it in the oven a bit earlier, but it's not hard. The Sunday roast is, was the simple meal so that she could, your mum or your dad could have just put together a really awesome apple pie yeah. afterwards. <laughs> make, like make time for that. Yeah. yeah roast but, is just whack it in and go. Yeah. And, so, yeah, a lot of what I do is remind people how simple it can be. I've got this one-week um, menu plan, and it's just a really basic menu plan, and I take people through it, like, step by step, because I'm really anti-menu plans. I am not a nutritionist. I'm not a naturopath. I'm not trained to tell people what to eat. But I kept on having people saying, you know, they rock up to my webinars, and I just share, like, a week of the food that we're eating. And I, yeah. I can't always imagine that some people are a little bit disappointed <laughs> because it's not <laughs> fancy but it's just real food and um and so with this this program i called it keep it simple and people get to the end of it and they go oh wow i didn't actually realize it really could be that simple you know we look around with i've got a trillion cookbooks i you know i think we all have this love affair with food and we watch all the food shows and we sort of have this idea that it might have to be fancy to be healthy or that we've got to make a really big effort and do these really complicated sources in order for our kids to eat it and i just i've found 
that the opposite is true. I'm about simplicity, um, not spending all my time in the kitchen, but making sure that the food I'm preparing is as close to whole as possible. Yeah. And, you know, I just it, it, it can be way simpler than, than we think. Yeah, it absolutely can be. And, and I'm certainly not one of those who has a love affair with food. As I said, I'm, I'm just happy for it to be simple. But I've experienced the same thing. You know, I've been going around doing my promotional interviews uh, and talking about how to get kids to love eating healthily because of my new book, Nourish Without Nagging. Um, but one of the questions I keep getting asked is, so what are the, you know, give us some great recipes for kids' lunches or give us some great recipes for kids' breakfast. And, you know, mine are like so simple. It's like, well, in their lunchbox, you know, I put some cold meat, I put some fruit, I put some vegetables, I chop it up a little bit. You know, I put in an apple and a banana and that's what I send them off to school with. You know, it's like there, there is no recipe. It's just some whole ingredients just chucked into a lunchbox. But, but, do, um, you, but do you find in your work that people want to know um, how much fruit is enough fruit? And um, if I'm going to include uh, ham, where, where should I get that? Like I feel like we've complicated Yeah. Um, We've complicated even just real food because there seem yeah. to be any rules around. And- Absolutely, and and do you know what else? It's like okay, so I you know how do I make a seven layered truffle trifle cake out of you know paleo ingredients? You know, it's like, <laughs> and I think a lot of it is because you know what we see and what we hear about and what we read about in the news and in the media and on the internet and on Instagram is kind of the sexy things. You know, I talk about this a bit, you know, it's like the the interesting things. So, you know, you don't you know, I don't take a photo every single day of this lunchbox that I send with my kids with some cold meat and some cut up fruit and some cut up vegetables. You know, I don't take a photo of that every day and put it on Instagram because it would just be as boring as boring, right? But that's yeah. actually what most of us do day in, day out. You know, we take photos of the kind of different, exciting thing we do for a special occasion and we make a special cake or a special whatever. But I think sometimes people think that's what they need to do is that kind of, you know, special stuff that maybe once a year stuff, they think that's what they need to do on a day-to-day basis. Whereas I think that 99% of the results people get are from doing the simple things really, really well. Totally. Oh, I just I totally hear you. And I kind of have this fascination um, with fritters. Yeah, okay. Like crunchy pancakes is the best way for me to feed my kids. I think I'm becoming known as the fritter person because I'm like, check out these sweet potato and zucchini ones. And then I have all these people who are like, my kid has never eaten broccoli before, but they love your broccoli fritters. And, you know, really, it's just so simple that anyone can do it. But... I, you know, I share the things that work for me and my kids and it isn't most of the time, like I'm exactly the same as you. If I showed them what we were eating every night for dinner, they'd be like, seriously, carrot and cucumber again? But <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm like, well, yep, yeah, it was in the veggie box. So yeah. it's M- Mine would be sweet potato chips and broccolini oh, again. <laughs> sweet potato chips is my life. I honestly, as long as I've got sweet potato, I've got a meal. As long as I've got eggs, I've got a meal. I don't, things can just, things can be so much more um, simple. But, you know, I, I do think, I do think you're right um, I, about the, the fancy stuff is the things that are um, promoted. But also so is the, uh, the new studies that say. Yeah, absolutely. the celebrities that are now doing and you know what? What confused me in my year of of uh, at IIN was that nutrition seems to be the only science that can 
be proven, like multiple theories can be proven true with science in nutrition. Yeah. Like you can get studies to back up anything you really want. And I do think that that is confusing the general population big yeah. time. Do you know what I think that is? I think it's basically because any method you use to try and eat a little bit healthier is probably going to be healthier than the standard Australian diet, right? Because yes. what we eat is just such rubbish that anything you do, whether it's whether you add in some more vegetables, you go, you go vegetarian, you go vegan, you go paleo, you go blood type, whatever you do, all of those diets are adding in some more real whole food, which yep. is better than yes. the, the, the standard Australian diet. Yes. I, That's it's why so, they work. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, but I guess, you know, my vibe is very much um, realistic, you know, you know that uh, when I was pregnant, even although I knew it was so bad, my, the first trimester of my third pregnancy you know, this whole, this whole Foods blog was happening and I was on Facebook and then I was like sneaking to McDonald's to get a McChicken. <laughs> although I knew how bad it was, it was the only thing that I felt like. And that was really when um, my mind started to open up so much to the power of our mind and the, those grooves in our brain. You know, I was feeling hungover from morning mm. till night and my hangover food used to be a uh, McChicken in the back of a cab on the way home from some place at two in the morning, and my 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 brain and my body hadn't forgotten that that's what felt good. And you know, anyone who thinks that um, we can just improve our diet and then wellness abounds, because is I think missing a, a massively big picture. And there's just the more and more I go down this path, the more I realize how much the way we think, how stressed we are, if we like our jobs or not, if we're in an abusive relationship, uh, you know, how much hours we've got to actually nourish ourselves, not with food, but with something that we actually love doing. You know, it's never really, it's about the food, but it's not about the food, if mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. There's so much more to it. There's so many other aspects we need to consider, aren't there? And I want to delve into that more, Lisa, but before I do that, you mentioned fritters before, and, and I mentioned that I'm pretty simple in the kitchen and I need a bit of help, so I need to know what your recipe is for making the fritters before we go on. Well, I can totally tell you, um, because it's so simple. So say with my sweet potato and zucchini fritters, I grate a zucchini, Yeah. maybe two, I can uh, do that. a grate a sweet potato, a big one, and then I would add uh, one or two eggs, depending on how much it is. Mm -hmm. Now, you're paleo, so you'd probably use something like almond meal. Yeah. I love um, repurposing the ends of my sourdough loaves and grinding it up to make sourdough breadcrumbs. So I'd probably put about a cup and a half of breadcrumbs, almond meal. Uh, you could use uh, spelt flour is another thing I might use. Yeah. Uh, a half a red onion chopped and uh, a half a cup of olive oil, coconut oil, whatever. And literally just smoosh that all together and then gently heat some oil in a frying pan and cook them away. And they, because you've grated the sweet potato, it just doesn't take all that long to cook. Do it both sides, bang, out they come. That they sounds are, great. Honestly, the next day, I make a big batch because the next day, having that topped with some avocado 
and uh, lemon juice, salt and pepper. Awesome. That and my son, my son takes them to school. Like he loves yeah. having his lunchbox. I'm going to try that. I'm going to do that. And I reckon probably what I'll do, I'll use some almond flour and then I'll probably use a little bit of coconut flour because I find that using the two of them together works better. Like about a four to one ratio of almond flour to coconut flour so it doesn't get too dry. And yeah. I'm going to try it and I'll, I'll put it on my Instagram if it works and I'll tag you in and let you know. So, awesome. All right, that's great. So, Lisa, obviously, um, you know, we're gathering from this conversation that you're all about moving towards whole foods. You're all about making small changes, which I love. You know, I wrote a book called How to Eat an Elephant, which is all about one bite at a time. Um, yeah. And so what I'd love to what does whole foods mean to you then? Obviously, it's not paleo, it's not vegan, it's, there's something else. So, so what, how do you define whole foods? To me, it's foods. My whole foods goddess is Jude Bluerow. I love her. Like I kind of do actually love her. <laughs> and, um, and she defines it as foods as close as possible to their natural state with as little that is edible removed and as little that is inedible added. I like that. Yeah, it's in her book, Whole Foods. It's a quote that I just, as soon as I read it, it just stuck in my mind. And I just, I think about it a lot. So even if I'm at the supermarket and I might be buying something from a packet, I'm just looking at the ingredients thinking, what is, you know, how whole is this? How real is this food? Has, how much of it's been, the goodness has been stripped away and how much dodgy stuff has been added to it. Yeah. And I just, I make decisions based on that. Um, so I, and I, and what I have found is that the more whole foods we eat, the more obvious it is, the foods that do agree with us and yeah. don't agree with us. <clears throat> it's very, very hard to work out if dairy works for you, if you are chasing a Snickers bar with a Diet Coke. Not much, not much is working in there. Like it's very hard to really feel what's going on in your body when we're under a lot of stress, um, if like food stress. And so I definitely feel that, you know, I've been able to notice things with my kids more, you know, if they have reactions to certain things because we just have gone back to as close to whole as possible. And it also makes it like this awesome, never-ending journey. You know, I, I don't have any superfoods and all that. Like, for me, an egg is a total superfood because yes. I just, I can do anything with an egg. And, like, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't, it just doesn't have to be complicated and the latest this and the latest that. Like, even things like stevia, be like, what are your thoughts on stevia? And I look at it and I just think, I don't know if that's kind of as... As, as whole as I'd like something to be. And, you know, I look at something like Rapidura sugar and I'm like, you know what, even although it's sugar, it's, it's, it's more where I'm at. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that that's going to be the way it always is for me because there's constant learning happening around food. But I feel calm. I, I feel content when I'm just doing the best job that I can um, with foods as basic um, as possible. It sort of takes away all of the stress, which is worse for us than some of the food anyway. Yeah, I love that because it fits in so much, so well with something I'm really passionate about at the moment, which is just being kind to yourself. Oh. You know, it's like taking the pressure off, doing the best you can with what you've got and what you know, um, and being kind to yourself and understanding that you're not perfect and you will make mistakes and that you know, you're not going to be perfect all the time. And Because that then means that you're going to be 
you know, healthier in terms of the other aspects of your life. You're going to have a better balance in your life. You're going to have less stress. You have better relationships. You know, all of those sort of things. So it's oh, it's about yeah. having that balance, isn't it? One hundred percent. And anyone who joins the small steps community, that is what I am drilling into them because we can learn all that we want about food, and then we can be our own harshest critics. And sometimes. When you do start to wake up to this stuff, it is confronting. It is confronting for parents to hear that the food that they're feeding their children is responsible mm. for that rash or that bad behavior. Oh, you know, bad, I shouldn't say bad behavior, but do you know? And yeah. so guilt is just like their new partner in life and it doesn't have to be. And so that's why I've tried to create a space that's really um, it doesn't expect perfection. It's not about like, you know, the eight-week program is not anything to do with giving people meal plans. We literally, we sit on breakfast for two weeks. We talk about breakfast. We talk about different things that you can try. And it's all about what makes you feel good. Like, get back in touch with yourself. Find out, make choices because um, it's going to feel awesome, not because you need to lose 10 kilos or not because someone else has told you to do it or you're following a strict meal plan, you know, just experiment. Let's bring back the joy with food, the deliciousness of food and the simplicity and just take a freaking load off because there's a lot in life that we can be stressed about and guilty about and um, I just think that it's got no place in a healthy life really. Um, But that's a whole nother, you know, (laughs) Sounds Self-love. like a great chat. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big topic. I'm loving where this is going. It's fantastic. So let's talk a little bit more about your program, Lisa. It is called Small Steps to Whole Foods. So yeah. for those people listening in who want to take some small steps towards whole foods, where do you usually suggest that people start? Well, in the program, we do start with brekkie. Um, I, I can remember interviewing a naturopath one day who said, you know, if you nail breakfast then you you kind of like one third of the way through your day, like, yeah. you know, having a good day. And um, I loved hearing that because, you know, no matter what happens at lunchtime and if you can't get your kids to sleep or you're racing around at meetings, you've had a good breakfast. Okay, cool. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's always about forgiving yourself. Yeah. And so um, we start with breakfast and we start with really basic stuff. So each day I give a new idea Um, of things to have for breakfast like for example one day is eggs day and I think it's it's such a uh, a barrier for people that cooking a breakfast is this long and complicated thing and I think people get surprised when they go oh yeah well the whole family just ate an omelet and it took me like 10 minutes from start to finish and their plates are clean and oh I can do this yeah Simple. And yeah, and it's not it's not a, a paleo program. It's not like nothing's off the table. We have a day where we learn that if you have porridge, um, we just learn the seat simple, simple, simple technique of soaking your oats overnight, and it makes a huge difference yeah. um, to the digestibility of those oats the next day. And but it's just like a new trick, and so everyone's just invited to experiment. And but then there's stacks of guest interviews that really tackle some of the bigger issues around food, and people have light bulb moments all the way through. So yeah, then we just then we move on to lunch. Spend two weeks there. Lunch is a really big one. Like 
Lunch is definitely my, if I'm going to fall down, it'll be around lunch. And I think that's, you know, just being a mum, getting kids into bed, shuffling everyone off, you know, getting to that middle point of the day and just thinking, oh, you know, when I was a young mum, sometimes I just slam two pieces of toast into the toaster and then be done. Yeah. Because, and then I just realised how different I would feel for the rest of the day if I just made a little effort at lunch. It totally changed the tone of my afternoon. So once again, it's just it's all about um, you know just trying new ideas. I've got lots of simple swaps on my website, and some of them are like that simple moving from margarine to butter, improving the quality of your oils. Um, you know, just knowing what to have in your pantry and and what not to have in your pantry. You know, vegetable oils just aren't part of a whole foods diet. And then even things like uh, upgrading your condiments. You know, taking salt as an example is, you know, you can buy the Saxa stripped, bleached, who knows what's been done to its salt, or you could buy a really good quality pink Himalayan salt or Celtic sea salt, and suddenly you've actually got an ingredient that gives you something more than just a flavour. Yeah. And you've just, it's just like... And, and no extra time, no extra effort. No extra time. And I think Aldi's selling the pink Himalayan salt. So it's not, it's like this, this stuff is out there and available. So I think sometimes it's just knowing that you can do some really simple upgrades. Uh, it, you know, even changing the food that you eat. A lot of um, people coming into small steps are buying supermarket bread and love hearing that, you know, while they might not be ready to... Most of them aren't ready to ditch bread. Um, sometimes even moving to a sourdough or a different type of flour is a bit daunting. But they, there's bakeries around Australia that don't have preservatives in their bread. And that's a small step. That's an improvement. Yeah. And I, I celebrate all of those because once you've got momentum, once your consciousness is raised around this stuff, you can't go back. And as long as you just feel like there's a little bit of momentum moving forward, then then you're going to keep going. It's not about the big overhauls. It's about the small sustainable changes that will stick. That's I love my... It. I love yeah. it. This is actually reminding me. I wrote a whole article on this on my website, which was all about why I hate the 80-20 rule, Lisa. And I talked about why, you know, this idea that we should do 80% right and 20% wrong. Um, but everyone's different. You know, everyone's starting from a different position. So if you're starting from 50%, then 80% is not your aim. You know, your aim is, first of all, to get from 50% to 51%. You know, to find oh. one little thing you can do a little bit better. And then just step by step by step. You know, the Japanese call it Kaizen, you know, small steps of continual and never-ending improvement. And that's what it's about. You know, we, we, what direction you're going is so much more important than where you're at. Oh, I love, I love the Kaizen approach. And I've got the books. I've read it. I, we talk the same language, Brett. It's so awesome to hear someone who is... Um, you know, as prolific as you are and high profile as you are, also supporting this because I feel like a lot of the inf- a lot of the stuff out there is it's it's you're good or bad, um, it's right or wrong. Uh, it doesn't allow for you know falling off the wagon. It just it doesn't allow for us to be the fallible human humans that we are. You know, striving for perfection is such a waste of time. Like, who wants to be perfect anyway? <laughs> and around food, I just, you know, I used to work, I did quite a bit of work um, before kids in the sustainability area and in behavior change. And that was a really interesting one because, and you know, the biggest thing that I learned was that 
you're not going to go from living a pretty standard lifestyle to a Prius, uh, solar panels on your roof, filtered water from your tap, uh, no chemicals, no toxins in your home, a completely whole food. So you, you aren't, you're never going to go from, from that to that in no. an instant. And, and if you do, you're probably not going to be able to stick it. Exactly. Or you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And, you know, you just want to do it for appearances or something like that. And so when I was working that space and when, I, when my attention started to be raised around food and I just thought there's got to be a different way to talk about this. There's got to be, you know, if you're going to encourage behavior change, it's moving from uh, Cheerios to brown rice puffs. Mm. It's not moving from Cheerios to paleo pancakes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, we can take it slowly and still feel good about ourselves. You can chunk it down, can't you? Well, Lisa, we could probably talk about this forever, I have a feeling. I think you and I are just on the same wavelength here. We could talk for hours, but I'm going to have to end it there So, because we're out of time. But people can find out more about you by going to lisacordiff.com. They can find you at Lisa Cordiff on Facebook. Uh, and, they, and they can find your program at smallstepstowholefoods.com. So thank you so much for coming on board today, Lisa. I appreciate being here. Thank you, Brett. Oh, it's been fun. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com. Find out all about our cave camp in the beautiful Flinders Ranges at drbretthill.com forward slash shop. And let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.